Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Pyle, and I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my melting pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Hope you've been tuning in and you're enjoying the straight from the heart chats in my series Melting Pot with some absolutely incredible people. Today I'm in conversation with Dominic Kapalu all the way from Chingola in Zambia. This chat, unfortunately, has to be a virtual one. And of course, we all know the reason why. I don't think I want to get into the details of it. You know, I may not be in Zambia now, but I've traveled to this beautiful country a few times and I've absolutely loved it. And I'm so excited to hear Dominic share his journey with us today. Dominic seems to wear multiple hats, which he's going to tell us all about. So um, over to you, Dominic. And thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank you very much, Payo. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. How, how are you doing in these rather unfortunate, you know, circumstances at the moment? Uh, we, we are trying to, uh, to, to become Payo, but hey, unfortunate indeed, because if we look at uh, what's going to be happening to our economies after this whole situation is down, uh, that's the scary part. I, I, I keep telling people, yes, now we are all worried, but it's the after effects of the COVID-19 that I'm actually uh, scared of, because a lot of businesses and a lot of uh, people are going to uh, lose jobs, and eventually a lot of people will get depressed and some will die. I think more people would die also from uh, the, <laughs> the after yeah. effects of the coronavirus. So, hey, yeah. we're yeah. here. For now, we're still alive and uh, kicking. Yeah, totally. And um, sure. I think that, you know, this pandemic has been discussed so much all over the world. And it's just, as you've said, I mean, it's just unfortunate. But I want to talk to you more about you today, which is not being discussed the world over. <laughs> interesting Um, yeah interesting yeah and i'd like your voice to be heard the world over through my podcast so um tell me a little about yourself dominic you are from chingola right which is in zambia 
Yes, exactly, Payo. I, I am from Chingola. Uh, Chingola is a mining town uh, in the Copper Belt. We are on the border with the, the Congo. It's not a very, very big town. Almost everyone knows everyone here. The town is uh, literally dependent on mining, so all the other industries uh, which are here also uh, are dependent on the mines. Uh, right now, we are not doing so well, obviously, because the uh, commodity prices have all uh, come down world over. But we're hoping uh, for the best like we're saying. So, yeah, uh, I'm from Chingola. I, I came here like in 20, 2001. Uh, I used to live in Lusaka, which is our capital city. But then I moved to Chingola, circumstances which I'll explain later in the conversation. Okay. How far is uh, Chingola from Lusaka? Uh, Chingola is 442 uh, kilometers from, uh, from Lusaka by road. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's 442 oh. kilometers. Okay. And so what kind of prompted you into moving from Lusaka to Chingola? What what was the reason behind that? Oh, okay. I used to work for the airline, Zambia Airways, back then. I was an airline uh, steward. In 1994, the airline was uh, liquidated. That's, that's the first company which was ever liquidated in Zambia. And then after the liquidation of the airline, I went to what we call the street. Uh, like I had no formal employment for about four years. And then uh, I was just mainly doing business, different kinds of business, gemstones, buying and selling of goods from all different kinds of, of cities. And then my brother, who was in London then uh, studying accountancy, told me that I have a house in Chingola, so I know you are intelligent. Why don't you just move to Chingola, stay in my house and uh, go back to school instead of just being in business? Uh, you can still do your business as you, as you go to school. So that's how I came to Chingola and I enrolled in the Accountants College. It's called uh, Accountants Training Center in Chingola, where I did my AC year. When I finished my ACCA, the intention was to go back to, to Lusaka to work. But then at about the same time, there was a change of business environment in Chingola and there was a new investor from, from the UK, Anglo-America, who came to take over the mine. And then business suddenly started booming in, the, in Chingola. And then obviously the schools were cheaper than Lusaka. And then I decided, hey, why not? I can actually live here. That's how I ended up moving to Chingola. Okay, and you're kind of happily settled there now. Yes, I am kindly happy settled now. Uh, after I finished my uh, my uh, association of chartered and certified accountants course, I started working as a, a CFO for a microfinancing business. I worked there for I think a few years, if it's not three to four years, and then I had a problem like with the the boss, like you you are traveling too much, and with your job we need you to be around most of the time. So you either choose to continue traveling or you choose your job. So I <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately, I chose to continue traveling, no, and that's how I, I stopped work. Yeah, <laughs> that was in 2009, and I, I have not worked formally ever since. Yeah, no, I think it's fortunately because um, <laughs> what's life if you don't travel? <laughs> and, I'm telling and you, you, I'm telling you. And you've also worked in the travel industry, so you know it must have been those four years must have been quite a readjustment for you. Yes, you know, no when you lost Zambia, Airways, yeah. So I look at your profile and you seem to be doing multiple things now. What I see is that you're a crypto Bitcoin enthusiast, plus mm -hmm. you're a network marketer, an author 
and a speaker. So that's like ooh, ooh. a lot that's of a handful. different. <laughs> <laughs> that's a handful, right? That is the handful. So how did all of this come about? Oh, yeah. When I was here uh, in, in in Zambia, I attended quite a number of seminars on, in Johannesburg in South Africa. That's where f my interest for crypto came from, my interest in uh, network marketing, and my interest in authoring because I, I attended a seminar in, in, in South Africa on uh, authorship. And then uh, obviously I was also mentored by uh, Les Brown for two weeks on speaking. So that is what uh, grew all these interests in me. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually the mentors I met in South Africa who uh, picked my interest to, to venture into these things. As for crypto, it is actually homegrown. I used to uh, read a, a lot about uh, the blockchain and, and cryptocurrency. And then when I look now, I think this is where the world is actually headed with all the fourth industrial revolution coming in. Cryptocurrency, blockchain, uh, nanotechnology, robotics, artificial intelligence. These are the new future. It, actually, we are almost at the stage of implementation now. It's not so visible in the third world, but if I look at countries in the West and in all these first uh, world countries, uh, actually, they're far much uh, ahead of us. So I try to be that voice which is telling the people about what is happening, even if we don't seem to see it, but these things are actually uh, getting to an advanced stage. And so I do speak to my uh, to the people here, uh, sometimes on radio, or sometimes I actually hold uh, seminars to tell them about all these uh, things which are happening uh, around the world, Payo. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. In your way, you know, and with your knowledge and your influence, you're trying to, you know, engage with the locals and try and and sort of explain to them that this is a real world, you know, it's no longer, and it is growing, you're absolutely right, in, you know, mm. most of the Western world, a lot of um, the trading. In fact, I was in Barcelona recently, and, uh, you know, the hotel that I was staying at, uh, they actually also accepted cryptocurrency as payment for, you know, for renting the rooms and, you know, for the using of the restaurant and all of that so yeah so it is it's developing quite rapidly which and even singapore is you know is also quite anyways it's a financial hub so a yes. lot of a lot of different technologies do get uh, developed um here as well so so moving on you've written you've authored a book and um, i think it's called the financial fitness system am i am i right you are right by Okay, so is is that the only book that you've authored or have you authored any other books? I have just done, the other one was just released uh, last month. Uh, it's actually called uh, THINK. Uh, THINK is an acronym for thoughts, humor, ideas and not a knowledge. This is like oh, a collection okay. of some musings, uh, some sayings, uh, my sayings, and then also the stories I've been writing about normally on uh, on Facebook. So I decided to collect all my musings and uh, all my uh, my inspirational stories which I have been writing on social media, and then uh, compile them in into a book. Okay, that's interesting. It's very different from the financial fitness system. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, it is definitely they are pulls apart. Yeah, totally pulls apart. So what is that something that you're passionate about? You know, can I rightly term it you as a motivational speaker? 
You can. You can. Before I came here. Yeah, I was actually coming from uh, 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 from radio. I, I was uh, speaking on radio. Uh, I have a show uh, called Inspirational Arena. So this show comes every every Monday and and Friday uh, morning. I just pick up different uh, different different uh, topics every day. Uh, just whatever I think. Normally, what I write about on on Facebook, then uh, I take it to uh, to the show on on radio and and speak to the people and just let them know about what the, the, uh, I'm thinking, my thoughts. Today's topic was to do with uh, the past, how we should not let our past hold us down. Uh, is your past holding you, you hostage? Release yourself and move forward. So, right. yeah, I, I mean, people are going through so much. Uh, there's things which we sometimes think so obvious, everybody knows them, but it's not true. So sometimes it's with the too much reading and sometimes with interacting with different people from all over the world and maybe different speakers as well. You tend to pick up these things which we think are so obvious that someone knows them, but it's not true. So we, we, we try to disseminate this knowledge to, uh, to people and make a difference in our own small way. Right. And obviously you also practice what you preach, right? <laughs> I, I definitely mean. do because I mean <laughs> they say people copy you. They just don't listen to what you talk about. They obviously, as you speak, they also look at uh, what you are doing because there has to be a, a correlation between the two. Uh, I cannot be telling people say you should be exercising and then I'm I'm sitting there. They have to see me actually running in the morning or doing something because then I'm I'm practicing what I'm preaching. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people. You you know, just do it there, you know, because of social media or, you know, mm. they just want to be seen and heard, but don't really practice what they preach. So case obviously you do you do that which is which is interesting so you are an influencer in a in i, I mean yes in, in a way i would, I'd call, I would call myself an influencer yes yeah in your world yeah that's that's yeah. interesting so somewhere i read i could be wrong but somewhere i read and heard that you were also standing for is it elections or were you going to be nominated as the mayor of chingola is that correct yes i did <laughs> I did want to stand as a, as a mayor uh, for Chingola at one time. Uh, yeah, I had put my name out there, but then politics of nominations, uh, I was not picked. And uh, maybe I thought the, their reason was genuine, but uh, somehow it's Africa. Uh, we have all these things to do with, uh, with tribe. The situation was that uh, there was already someone who was standing as MP from my region in the same town. So the people felt that we cannot have two people from the same region standing in one town. The other people will not be so happy about the situation. So why don't you uh, step aside and put someone else from another region to stand? Uh, which I did. Uh, I, I didn't have a problem with that. And then uh, I allowed the other person to stand. Unfortunately, the other person uh, didn't make it. So yeah, I still have ambitions up to now to uh, to stand. And uh, a lot of people are still coming through to me saying, no, I think we, we should have just allowed you to stand uh, because you really wanted that uh, position. So you're going to maybe work harder for it 
than maybe the other person we put just because we tried to uh, to balance tribes. Yeah. So yeah, I still have plans, uh, but I'm actually hoping uh, I might go for something maybe much much higher now. But hey, we uh, only time will tell. We are almost <laughs> having elections next year. Uh, God willing, if uh, this uh, situation we're in uh, clears up, because obviously if it continues as it is, I foresee a situation maybe they must might postpone them to a later date. But definitely, I still have plans for uh, for for do, for doing that. For getting involved in you know in politics in a different way. Uh, so the you mentioned, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Yeah, you mentioned um, you know regions and tribes. Um, so mm -hmm. just for listeners who are not familiar with, and I'm not familiar myself so you know i'd like to know so within um so the the tribes are within your like uh so chingola and the region of chingola has some tribes or you're talking about different tribes within the country you're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me Pio, on this very unique and special podcast series melting pot different tribes within the country but the thing is in each uh, town there is dominant tribes like, or maybe in, in this town, this tribe will be dominant. In this town, this tribe will be dominant. But in all in all, in Zambia, we have 72 tribes. Right. 72 so, but, tribes. Wow. Yes, we yeah. do have 72 <laughs> different <laughs> tribes. <laughs> but the main ones are seven, and all the other dialects are sort of related. So there's obviously, and then we have like 10 provinces. So it's mainly provincial actually says, okay, we have this guy from this province uh, standing in this town, and you, you are also from the same province. Why, what are the people going to feel about a situation where uh, it's two people when we have a diverse populace here? So uh, it, it made sense uh, uh, to me because hey that this is we we are so into these things in africa we can't run away from them it's a reality so yeah i, I thought maybe yeah let me try and give chance to this guy to to also uh, try his luck and then if he doesn't he make it then after five years obviously i'll have the chance myself also to put myself up but then afterwards a lot of people thought they had actually made a mistake because they thought we should not have looked at that as a criteria because you had your reasons why you thought you were the best candidate for for this for this place so i'm hoping they have seen through that mistake and it will not be repeated next time yeah yeah good luck with that um so what <laughs> is the, what is the name of your tribe what tribe do you come from my tribe is called Luvale. We are from northwestern province. We immigrated from the Luvalunda kingdom in the in the Congo, which is where most of the tribes in Zambia come from. Some of them came from South Africa, from the Ngoni background. Then we have some who came from the Cameroon highlands. Those were the earliest uh, people to occupy Zambia, the Tonga, uh, the Tonga people. Yeah, but most all the tribes in Zambia, none can be called indigenous all of us came from fleeing from some uh, some war somewhere that's why someone actually makes a joke that the, we are not that uh, courageous because all of us have got a background of having run away from some war somewhere so we <laughs> we are not <laughs> we are not very brave to fight for that which we think uh, rightly belongs to us because we are cowards that's yeah. why we ended up running away from wherever we came from <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so that's so that's it. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm from a tribe called uh, Luvale. I don't know if you have seen uh, they they do these masquerades. Uh, those people who wear those we call them makishi. Uh, they wear these uh, masks and very very colorful masks. And uh, we have these traditional ceremonies which we do. Uh, it's mainly like the mukanda. The mukanda traditional ceremony is where when a boy comes of age, they go to the circumcision camp. Uh-huh. At the circumcision camp, they stay there for maybe three, uh, two to three months. This is where now uh, they are told the ways of a man by the elders. The elderly people teach you and teach you a lot of things, more or less like the, the, the Jewish uh, do to their kids when they're becoming of age. So they teach you uh, how to, to live, how to respect your parents, and generally how to live in society. In the olden days, they will actually teach you how to trap animals and all these other things. Now that we are in, living in this modern age, obviously they will just teach you about the things which are relevant to you. And then after that period passes, then you come out from that from that camp. I'll tell you one thing, Payo. That place in the olden days was so mystical. It would be because it's open on top. It would be raining everywhere, but in that particular place, it does not rain. Seriously. Because Yes, because that fire which is lit up there has to be kept burning until the time when you leave that camp. And no women would ever be allowed to to go near that camp. And then any other person from any other tribe who dares go near that camp is also gotten hold of uncircumcised. (laughs) <laughs> because you are not supposed to see what is supposed to happen there and be let go free of scotch free. So these customs are still there now. The only difference is uh, the boys are taken to the hospital first to be uh, circumcised and right. then taken to the camp. But right. before what used to happen is there was one special person who used to do that uh, circumcision process and he was an expert. No matter how many initiates were there, this man, they, what they used to do is like they would, you know, with using a bow and arrow, they throw a spear in the, uh, no, an arrow in the air. By the time that arrow comes and lands, this man should have circumcised a number of people. Oh my God. And that's how they were, they were gauged as in how good they were by the numbers of the initiates he has actually managed to circumcise. You know, so this is part of our tradition. It still goes on up to now because when you come from the circumcision camp, you are taught all these things, how to relate with your mother, how to uh, respect elders and how to do a lot of other things, uh, which normally in society, no one would tell you. So we have that uh, advantage over most tribes in terms of the way we are, the, the knowledge keeps being passed over from generation to, uh, to generation. So I really think it's a very, very, very good culture. Yeah, but the women are, uh, so is there something different that happens with the women? Yes, there is. Uh, uh, when they get of age, when they get matured, they're also uh, secluded into some initiation uh, 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 camp where all these uh, old women and all those who are already uh, matured uh, instruct them in the ways of being a woman. There, there's, uh, of course, like I'm saying, a lot of information now is is changing because of the m- modernity. Modern, but yeah. They, yeah, in the past, mostly they were being prepared for when they get married. 
Okay. Yeah. But yeah. The times are changing now. Uh, there's school, so obviously uh, they just tell, teach them about hygiene, uh, about men, about pregnancy, about uh, their periods, and all these other other things. So information is changing as we are getting more modern. But they have a certain ceremony for for the women as well. Yeah. Mm. So, um, what about your family? You're also you're married and you have kids, right? Yes, yes, Bayo. I'm married. Uh, I've got three children. My firstborn is uh, uh, Dominic uh, Junior. He used to work for for the bank. He has since stopped because he came up with his own uh, uh, company. They just got funding from uh, some individual in the USA. His company is called uh, EduPay. Uh, like uh, they go to a private school uh, and then maybe uh, get into an agreement with the private school, say, okay, we want to pay school fees for maybe a certain uh, number of classes. They uh, upfront, they pay the school, the, the school fees at a discounted price. And then they start deducting from the parent fees parents salary in three months like with a premium so they get it they get a discount from the school because they're paying them upfront and then they charge the parent also a minimal interest on the amount which they have paid upfront so this is what he came up with and so he has stopped work he was a relationship manager in a bank so now he's stopped work to concentrate on that my daughter my daughter is an economist the, oh the first born is an economist my second born is an economist too uh, she's <laughs> currently working here in Chingola for a company called uh, Epiroc. Epiroc is a Swedish uh, company there into bringing equipment for the mining industry. Mm -hmm. My last born is uh, in her third year at uh, university. She's uh, doing uh, development studies, but she's more into also entrepreneurship because she, she loves uh, uh, to do uh, makeup. So we're encouraging her to finish her degree, but uh, when she finishes, she, I don't think she'll actually work because she's so engrossed already into this makeup industry. And uh, I think she's already making money before she actually uh, formally uh, sets yeah. up her own yeah. business oh, yeah right. so yeah those are my three kids and uh, I i'm past the idea of the school runs and everything so <laughs> very soon i would not even have a kid in university uh, i would just be the two of us at home <laughs> yeah, how nice. How nice. Uh, yeah. Yes, and your wife is um she's Indian origin, or she's yes. My my wife, uh, the grandfather was a, a British immigrant from uh, to Malawi. Uh, that's where the, he settled. He's he's actually pure Indian. Mr. Yusuf was some Muslim man who married a local lady in in, in Malawi, and they had these so we what we call colored children. And then oh. the dad, my wife, was a colored, also married an African woman. So eventually they keep uh, changing the breed to more African but you can see their Indian features because their grandfather was uh, was a pure pure Indian India. from India Mumbai okay so Zambia <laughs> has from India Mumbai okay <laughs> <laughs> yes, <but. laughs> so, uh, Zambia has you know like a lot of Africa uh, that part of Africa um, has a lot of Indians who sort of settle there right and uh, what like in Zambia, what 
other, you know, other than um, the African tribal communities, there are the Indians and whom else do you have in that mix? We have the Indians, we have a lot of Lebanese and people from the Arab world. Okay. And then we have a lot of, lately, we have a lot of Chinese, definitely. Okay. We have yeah. a lot of Chinese. So it's mostly Indians because the Indians have been here for a very, very long time. And some of them were actually involved in the struggle for independence. They were actually deeply, deeply involved in the struggle for independence. So some, there's been generations and generations of Indians who are actually Zambians. Uh, because uh, some of them don't even have dual citizenship. They're just Zambians. Yeah, We have a lot of them also who are, have dual nationalities. And then we have, the, like I said, the, a lot of people from the Arab world. And lately, we have a lot of Chinese also. Right. So those are oh. the, mainly the mix here. And then obviously, we have a lot of, of other Africans from other uh, African countries. So yeah, sort of a melting pot, like the name of the podcast. <laughs> like the name of my podcast. <laughs> right. yeah. Oh, I am... Um, I mean, it's been years since I visited Zambia and I'm so, so keen to come back again and mm. hopefully I will. Um, it's on my list. Of, I mean, I was actually waiting um, to interview you or chat with, I don't call these interviews actually, I call them chats, mm -hmm. um, to sure, chat yeah. with you when I actually, because that's what I do, you know, I travel and I, and I chat with people um, who then become guests on my show. But um, you know, I figured that this is going to take a hell of a long time. So, yes, you know, yes. I couldn't wait. And I said, okay, let me just, you know, do a virtual call. At least I, I get to speak with you and and um, understand your journey. And, you know, and my listeners get to know a little bit about Zambia as well. And mm -hmm. it's really been a very, very interesting conversation. Thank you so much for that, Dominic. And good luck with everything you know that you are looking ahead uh, with doing and you know and I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a success with everything it's because you wear all these multiple hats <laughs> I'm sure oh, yeah. the hat that you pull out will be a successful hat <laughs> so. no, that's great I'm, 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 I'm actually glad to speak with you as well it's been very very long uh, but then uh, there's a part of uh, a chance to market Zambia why don't I uh, ask you people uh, after the this uh, pandemic is over visit Zambia we we, we we host one of the the best falls other than the Niagara Falls the, uh, uh, the Victoria Falls Falls is a world famous uh, yes. falls. Right now, yes. it's, it's actually at its peak. Uh, it's, a, it's a pity we have all this, uh, what is going on. But uh, we, we have some of the best game parks in the in the country as well, I mean, in, in, in Africa. And then we have some of the most peaceful, loving uh, uh, people. It's not a place where you get to and start looking over your shoulders, wondering what's going to happen next to you. No. So we invite you to uh, to uh, the listeners to, uh, to make time and visit Zambia one time. It'll be nice to host them in our country <laughs> yes absolutely i totally agree with you you know i'm sure that there will be an interest so once again thank you very much and i look forward to speaking with you again soon thank you the pleasure is mine Payo. thank you bye bye-bye my chat with dominic turned out to be so super interesting it seems like he has really evolved over time and stepped into an unknown world outside of the travel industry 
and how he has created a niche for himself. I was intrigued by his description of all the tribes within Zambia. Also a little sneak peek into a naturally beautiful country. Absolutely worth a visit. As always, I'm excited to bring you a lot more human stories from across the globe. So stay tuned for the next episode of Melting Pot with Bile. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.